Hello and welcome to this Christmas edition of Racing Only Better. And I have got my three little elves with me as standard, Kevin Blake, Dan Barber and Tony Calvin. And we're coming straight to you, TC, because you've really made the effort on this Christmas show. You've got dressed up and everything. I know. (laughs) For anyone watching on the YouTube channel, that's about as festive as TC's getting, I think. Well, it's, a, it's more festive than you lot put together. It's very true. <laughs> I'm actually a bit of a Grinch about Christmas for what it's worth. Dan, I bet you love a Christmas carol. Uh, carol Vorderman. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just knew Calvin was going in two-footed then. I have another carol. Uh, I, I, I am a big fan of Christmas and um, I'm looking forward to betting quite a lot on Boxing Day. Do you oh, really right. say that? Yeah, no, that's great. We responsibly, like of course. Oh, very responsibly, always. Bet responsibly, everyone. You know the drill by now. Oh, the bloody dogs jumped up again on my lap. Um, and as for you, Kevin, the only one with a Christmas decoration there, the old Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah, my, my good wife planted him there a little while ago, and um, I haven't saw, saw fit to remove him yet. So, yeah, Santi's contributing. Yeah, I preferred go. the lettuce in, in from the summer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, I just good film, you. Santa Claus. There's always a Christmas disaster in most people's houses, right? And I don't really do Christmas, but I've got my mother coming to stay, so I thought I'd better get some food in. I And this is going to sound ridiculous, but it's the tr- true fact of life. I've lost eight sausages. <laughs> like, I just lost them. The, and dog I've even had those. the dogs had those, definitely. No, I've even been back to the butcher to check. I've checked in the dishwasher. I've checked in the fridge. The yeah, we haven't checked in the dog. That's what Dan was yeah. trying to say. See, you, you, you better hope that the dog did it. Because if there's eight uncooked sausages down behind the sofa somewhere you will soon know about it yeah. and it won't be great <laughs> i'm very worried everyone said double check your car but i've literally turned the car inside out so if anyone finds my sausages please return them to me i shouldn't say this but it, it did make me laugh there's an old viz thing where the line was <laughs> this is why am i saying this um <laughs> How can when I eat a sausage it comes out like a turd yet when i eat a sausage a turd it doesn't come out like a sausage Gross, please. What is wrong with you, Dan? Why did you say that? <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> disgrace. T- Tony, let's get on to the series. I, I, I bet he thought that was so funny, he put it in one of his kids' Christmas cracks. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're here to talk about Boxing Day and Boxing Day only, and of course, it's the Christmas cracker. St. Stephen's Day, Vanessa. Come on, get on brand. Sorry, St. Stephen's Day, whatever you want to call it, the day after Christmas Day. Um, and before we get stuck into Kempton and the Royal America as well and a bit of Leopardstown, we do need a TC weather watch because TC, I live up in Oxfordshire and it was raining cats and dogs all morning long. Yeah, I, uh, I'm not that far away from Kempton. Um, they got 18 mil this morning. It's currently still uh, raining yet again. Uh, Kempton have called it soft and um, and it's quite worrying actually because um, Christmas Day, the, the main forecast I used, I've got another 19 mil coming on Christmas Day. So it could be bouldering on heavy. And if you look at the going stick readings that Kempton uh, gave out at 12.30, we're recording this at three o'clock on, on Friday. 
Um, the going stick reading on the hurdles course at Kempton is currently 4.9. Now, that is the lowest going stick reading they've had on the hurdles course uh, in the last five years, which suggests it could, always, could already be heavy with that 19 mil possibly to come. So um, I think we might get a few withdrawals. Uh, How reliable do you find that, those? That does land. How up? reliable do you find those historical readings? I never really know. I never check it, so I never... It's, but it's the only guide we've got, isn't it? Mm. I know there's an Irish view when, when they, um, and I'm not saying it's relevant here, but I know when, when the Irish um, lads were testing the going stick with a view to potentially bring that in, they bought because they, they found it was given like really funky kind of unreliable readings when the ground got particularly soft. Um, so that, that now, it just makes me take a pinch of salt when you get to the, extre- when you get to the extreme of ground but it's interesting it's an eye-catching fact now in fairness okay well lads let's crack on and talk about the racing and hopefully give our loyal listeners a christmas present with some winners we need winners guys um kempton boxing day rearranged uh long walk hurdle very interesting field uh we got Miranda up at the top of the betting for Paul Nichols two to one champ next best at nine to four old rival Paisley Park in there at three to one the enigma that is Goshen at nine to two and not so sleepy at 11 to one stepping up in trip to the stairs uh where to even start with I honestly I'd be nervous to have a bet in this race oh Kevin normally when I say where to even start nobody sort of puts their hand in the air <laughs> But Kevin has just pointed at himself. So take it away, Kevin. It sounds like you've got a strong view here. Um, not so much a strong view, but I, I just think it's a really stimulating type of race, isn't it? Like, Love no, it. Like, it's, Love only, it. it's only five runners, but it's a proper one, I think. Like <coughs> You've got, the, I suppose, uh, TC loves a bit of narrative. You've got the narrative of, of the ongoing rivalry between uh, Paisley Park and Champ. <laughs> uh, they're, they're two apiece at the minute, and they delivered like a proper race last time, didn't they? Um, and I've agonised on, on this, just this, individual compartment of this race i've agonized over mac a little bit on it um and i've come down on champ just Ooh. because i think looking back on that race last time like he should have won easier than he did i think if, uh, if dan barber's made john joe had, had gone a little bit steadier in front i think he would have won better than he did like you look at the finishing speed for the race i think it was 99.7 or something like that and he um he had the lead to himself and he just went probably went harder than he needed to and that gave Paisley Park a shot at him. Um, so he, there's no doubt he's faster than Paisley Park. And just around Kempton, even though Champ does have a little thing about jumping left, um, I'm hoping that's more so a fence thing than a hurdle thing. Um, I think he'll uphold the form around this course and distance. And the others like Goshen, he's, we, we, you know, we love him. He's a bit mad, etc. But in fairness, if you isolate his runs right-handed, it's a lot a steadier profile than his overall one. Um, so I respect him up and trip. It could happen. Could happen for not so sleepy as well, you know. And like they've, they've his platform would encourage you, but they've taken an awful long time to give it a go. And Miranda's the X factor, but I, I don't, I can't have her at the price. You know, if you want to, if you want to buy into the form of a kind of a steadily run three runner mayor's race, you know, good luck. I hope you have a winner, but um, at that price, you wouldn't be for me. So. I talk plenty, Vanessa, because I'm excited about the race. I came down on Champ. Champ for you. Um, it is a fascinating contest. How did you unpick the puzzle, Dan? Um, I'm hoping it's 3-2 as well, but I'm Paisley over Champ. And a part of that is 
it's heart ruling head just because I have a real love affair with this horse. But I'm hoping that the scenario that unfolds is Goshen, who I don't even, they're not going to ride him with any restraint. Are they up, up to intrigue? What's the point? I think he could act, not that Champ has to lead or anything, but I'm hoping that the presence of Goshen, not so sleepy, who are trying a new trip and a free going horse generally, will ensure that this is actually as stiff a, tam, a test of stamina as Newbury was. And I just thought Paisley Park ran really well coming in cold. If you, you, you line those two horses up, Champ or Paisley Park, who would you associate with being the sharper horse first time out, ready to go? I just said Champ because he's just a bit more exuberant and enthusiastic and Paisley takes a bit of warming up. But yeah. if those other two play spoiler to some extent, and I agree with Kev, I couldn't back Miranda. Um, I don't think that form at Kempton was worth a great deal at all, considering... I mean, Martellos guy didn't really go a yard and Molly Ollie's wishes probably bounced to the moon. So, yeah, I'm I'm Paisley hoping that others make it a real stamina test. OK, TC, the guys have gone for the old boys, the 10 year old champ Paisley Park. Are you in agreement that Miranda is too short at two to one? Yeah, um, the, the one that stood out for me is my old mate, not so sleepy. Now, I, I backed. I backed him anti-post on Thursday at 14s and 12s. And I thought after Botox horse come out, and I might have even tipped Botox horse in here if it had lined up. Uh, I thought not so sleepy would be, probably be about maybe a six, maybe an eight to one chance. And he opened up at 12s across the board and he's still 11s with the sports book. And I think that's a very, very fair price. Now, I just think he's the best horse in the race in terms of, in terms of class. Obviously, current class I mean obviously you've got Champ and Paisley Parker you know grade one winners but you know not so not so sleepy albeit dead heating in that fighting fifth last year and I just think he's been crying out for the step up in trip I mean when you consider he's three times been placed in a Cesarewich over two mile two you'd think three miles would be if not a bare minimum it would be an obvious route for him to take but this is the first time he's raced beyond two mile four. Uh, and I think he, he should actually relish it. I mean, the comeback, I think he's got as good as form uh, as any other horse in the race. Uh, I thought the comeback run was perfectly satisfactory uh, in the fighting fifth. He was only two and a half length by an epitome, despite jumping, put throwing in at least two really dodgy jumps. So I think you can, if he jumps a bit better over this longer trip, I think, I think he'll, uh, I think he'll, he'll, he'll run a massive race here. I mean, I can't see why it's a double-figure price for the life of me. I mean, Miranda, obviously, as we all agree on, makes the market. Can't get excited about um, about the prices of the two old, the fellow old-timers, because not-so-sleepy is a 10-year-old as well. So, yeah, not-so-sleepy, anything bigger than 8-1 to one would be the better. And it's currently 11s with the sports book, and uh, that price looks like it's holding uh, with uh, fixed odds and on the exchange. So, yeah, not-so-sleepy would be... Uh, it's not a confident bet. Um, I think he's the only bet in the race at the current prices. Okay, split opinion in the rescheduled long walk hurdle. Uh, before we move on to the Corto Star Novices Chase, which is the next race at Kempton, don't forget the Betfair offer this weekend, everyone. It's a completely free £2 multiple or bet builder on any sport on Boxing Day. Not this weekend, on Boxing Day, of course. So uh, don't forget that offer, but do check out the show's description 
for the T's and C's, please. Uh, let's move on to the 120 over the three miles. Of course, it is the Corto Star Novices Chase and Paul Nichols, two horses up at the top of the betting. McFabulous, even money favourite. That's the pick of Harry Cobden. Jolino Bello, next best for Bryony Frost at nine to four. And Time Hill in there at nine to two. Third best in the betting. Then the Skeleton Mare, uh, Gallia de la Toe at 11 to two. Another really competitive heat. We're in for a treat this Boxing Day. Kev, we'll start with you again. Uh, can you... <laughs> Why are you laughing? Uh, don't mind me. I'm just fine. My, my enthusiasm is bubbling over, Vanessa. <laughs> You're so up for it. I didn't know who that, like, it's the obvious place to start, Kev. Yeah, another super did the race, in fairness. Um, shows that you don't need big fields, Vanessa, if you get, if you get the nice, the right horses lining up. Wow. Uh, ah, look, look, Mac Fabulous, nothing too fancy for me here now. Um, you just would have to love the way he's taken the fences. Um, he looked potentially very nice over hurdles at one stage, hit a, a couple of speed bumps. Um, mm. But he, after uh, a disappointing chasing debut, his, his two since have been really good. And um, sure, look, him against Tyne Hill last time, it, there was just no, 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 it wasn't a contest in jumping terms. Like Mac Fabulous, you just would love the way he goes about it, like neat. Like, very clever, I thought, when he wasn't quite right. And then when he was asked for a fast one, he was well able to give it. And he just made Time Hill look like a, a letterbox in jumping terms. Like, he just took lengths out of him everywhere and, um, and had, him, had him put away a long way out. So I, I think he'll zip around Kempton. He'll really enjoy it. Um, Time Hill has the class but doesn't have the jumping technique as of yet uh, Gelino Bello um, you know was, was lurching right handed albeit in kind of a Mickey Mouse match race last time um, I just thought Mac Fabulous a little bit like Brave Man's Game in this race last year like you, you know he's very good but he's just his jumping technique is so good that you just think he'll really zip around here and um, for all that even money is obviously a short price, I, I thought he was justified enough, to be honest. I thought he'd take whacking, as a great man once said. Okay, very keen on the favourite for Kev. Dan, same for you or not? Um, maybe it was too forgiving of Ben, but I'm after a, another form reversal here. And Kev is so spot on in what he says, like isolate that Newbury race. And it was man against boy in terms of jumping, wasn't it? Time Hill was spending so long in the air and just didn't then i just wasn't natural over demanding fences like i'm pinning box. indeed yeah <laughs> um i'm i don't know if the cheap pieces will make a difference but i'm half pinning my hopes on that and i'm also it's price as well the the market made time hill four to seven to beat mcfabulous at two to one at newbury and now one's evens and the other's 11 to two at uh, nine to two i'll be with with greater evidence added into the mix. But I didn't think Time Hill was as bad first time as he had been second. I hope it was a bit of an aberration. I'm hoping cheap pieces improve him, sharpen him up. And my final Christmas wish in this race is that Mortlack, the reposing Mortlack, and stable mate Jolino Bello, who likes to, who's a real stayer, again, much like the previous race, could test McFabulous' stamina because I don't think he's ever been a thorough stayer at three miles. 
Okay, one vote for Time Hill. One vote for the favourite and McFabulous who's actually just gone five to four as I look at the sports book right now, oh. TC. And um, yeah, that's, and that's, that's the impact I have on the market, Vanessa. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, I and, speak, the market moves that way. Is there a mole? Is there a mole? <laughs> time Hill's actually just drifted out to five to one, so just half a point bigger than what. <laughs> this is accurate. Now, so, I'm, I'm looking at the market. This is bizarre. <laughs> so Barry's well, there. Fucking we've back back six mil of rain since we've started the program. So that's right. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Go on then, TC. Who do you? I tell you what. These live going uh, links, they're the bane of my life. I keep on refreshing every two seconds on my phone. It's like madness. So, um, the uh, the main market mover on Friday morning is it Friday? It's, it's so confusing. I know. Christmas Eve, yeah. Eve. Yeah. Um, the main market mover, Gallio de la Toe, uh, uh, Dan Skelton's, uh, was opened up at 10s, um, the first thing with, with a couple of firms, 8s and 7s in other places. And that's been the main mover into about 5s. Um, I can see the angle there. The angle there might be the ground because uh, she won on heavy ground at Bangor. And obviously, she's an ex pointer. It has stayed further. And it could be interesting that Dan Dan Skelton also had Bally Griffin Cottage in this race. Uh, and that's the only horse that came out of the five-day stage, and he relies on the mare here. So getting the seven pounds, ground in his uh, ground in her favour, that could well be the angle into the race. But I can't remember the last time I had a bet on a novice chase. Um I, I would give a, a I would give an amusing story about um about I I backed the winner of this race a few years back. Uh, rural vacation at 40. After timing. Oh. Oh, no, oh, the only oh, thing is, I was, sitting, I was sitting in the press room <laughs> and it, it was one, I think it was, Mike Bite was the last fence faller, wasn't it, Hank? Um, yeah, yeah. Harold yeah. Jacob was oh, yeah. fired him into it when he was back the street clear. And I, I backed and tipped rural vacation at 50s, I think, 40s, and it ended up winning the race. And I was sitting in the press room, just biting my tongue, really trying not to cheer. uh, (laughs) We can't do that. It's not the done thing. Paige and Chris Perrell after we've heard that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Just one other thing. If you're looking for the headgear stat, uh, Hobbs is 10 from 66 for first time cheap pieces since 2016, which is a a pretty average stat compared to his overall strike rate. So that wouldn't give you any much uh, encouragement. Oh, okay. That's something to take note of. Uh, on to the Christmas hurdle we go, guys. And if the first two races we've spoken about are really competitive, loads of different angles in, and we've all gone for different selections, I don't think really the same as the case if we're just looking for who wins the Christmas hurdle, especially if you look at the betting. Constitution Hill is, of course, the, well, currently the one to seven favourite. Epiton six to one to try and reverse the form, next best in the market. And after her, So Royale in there for the Alan King team at 14s, Metier. 33s, etc., etc. Um, I don't know, TC. I'm gonna start with you because how, how are you playing this race? I take it, you know, you're not backing Constitution Hill at that price, would be my Christmas guess. No, let me just let uh, hang on a sec. Yeah, I'm just checking it's still there. Um obviously, hopefully it doesn't get too heavy that we're gonna get a willy wonky situation oh, God. uh on, on Boxing Day because if it's already heavy, on heavy, and they get another twenty mil, then. But I'm reliably informed the horse is going to run come what may. You know, one a toll work on heavy ground, etc. So, hopefully, we won't, we won't have that deliberation on the day. It's actually quite an interesting betting race. Obviously, 
not in a normal market. In the secondary markets, the betting without is fascinating here. Um, obviously, Epiton and So Royale, uh, the most obvious candidates for second place, um, but they won't want the ground heavy whatsoever, will they? Um, and you've got a, a, a pair of low 140 rated handicap hurdlers at the other two in the race, and they won't want to get within a country mile of. Uh, of Constitution Hill uh, as regards their handicap marks, but the sportsbook have gone up 12 to 1 Metier uh, without Constitution Hill. And that's got to be of interest considering in that ground. I mean, if you've got nothing better to do on, on, on Christmas Day, just check that weather app, that weather link. And the more the more that rain it comes, the shorter Metier's price is going to be because he is the mud lover. Uh, Constitution Hill might win this by. 20 lengths, and, and that's the case, then Metier will probably be ridden to finish a very, very distant second. I thought the 12s Metier uh, was, and that's currently there, just checked it now, uh, for, without uh, Constitution Hill. I thought that was a very, very interesting angle into the race. Okay, I knew you'd have a quirky little angle in. Uh, Kevin, more of a simple question to you. I mean, if he runs, like how far does he win by? What are we expecting from him at Kempton? Constitution. Um, like I don't think his connections would necessarily want to win by half the track, but it could happen anyway. Like because he's a he's a generous horse. In fairness to him, like he's he's tended to win by a long way. And if the conditions do get as extreme as, as TC fears, like he could end up winning a long way. Look, he's only had four starts over hurdles, but the evidence suggests that he could be one of the the the, the greats of the modern era. Um, which sounds like a, a big enough old statement, but it, it, it probably lays in with the facts. Um, and you just hope he comes through it um, well. Um, in a perfect world, he wouldn't have a hard race at all, and we can really ramp up the, the Best Fair Hurdle campaign yeah, um, after on. this. Because you, you just would hate now for, for you know to win by a long way, have a bit of a slog, and Nicky say, oh, he's had a tough race there. We better go straight to Cheltenham, um, which could happen. to be a very Nicky thing, obviously. Um, but look, I thought he was brilliant in Newcastle last time. It's the, it's the best he's ever jumped. He showed um, you know another angle to him in that making the running is clearly no issue whatsoever. So how do you beat him? I have no idea. Don't, don't think he can. Um, and whatever way it pans out here, whether he makes his own running again or sits, sits close to something, I don't know, but you'd be pretty disappointed if he has to come off the bridle, really. Um, and that's against a, a former champion hurdle and a, and a lovely horse and so royal, but that tells you how good this fella is. Okay, so if we combine the two boys' so far opinions, then Constitution Hill wins by uh, 20 plus lengths and Metier chased him home on heavy ground, Dan Barber. Do you have anything else to add to that? Are I was just the two time winner of the race in Epitont. Uh, it's not, not ignorance, is it? As such, it's just that even her very best just isn't within a street of I think the best hurdle I've seen, and that includes Istabrak. I just think he's got absolutely everything. And my concern, I can well see where Tony's coming from with the Metier ain't gone in terms of the ground, but I just fear for horses in without markets who are, who tend to be ridden positively because it can sort of, it can unravel, can't it, if they try and beat a horse, if they try and beat Constitution Hill. I don't have a bet. It's that simple. If I was going to do anything, I mean, it's a horse who's won every single race by double digits and he, he smashed Everton by 12 first time out. And on, on worsening ground at Kempton, he could easily win 10 plus, which is about even money I've just checked. So, if I was doing anything, it might be that. But as Kev is so generous. Yeah, the thing about the Metier angle, I don't think any horse in the race is going to seriously be ridden to win, if that makes sense. I mean, they're not going to 
He's not going to. They're not going to go out to try and beat it because. But it's not like Constitution Hill is suddenly an inveterate front runner, is it? He's he made the running because it was a bit. Perhaps he will, and he'll just go so far. I mean, I've never seen Highway One or Two do anything other than lead. Um, yeah. Yeah. So on we go to the big one, the King George Two Thirty. Kempton, Boxing Day, St. Stephen's Day, whatever you want to call it. And my goodness, it is an absolute belter. Uh, we've got three in here for Paul Nichols. Brave Man's Game, of course, at the top of the market, as he has been for months now. He's now seven to four, and he's co-favourite up there with Lahon Press for Charlie Deutsch and Venetia Williams on the Gold Cup trail. Envoy Allen, the horse on this big comeback effort this season at six to one for Henry de Bromhead. Rachel Blackmore coming over for the ride. Hitman, another one of Paul Nichols' horse is in here 15 to 2 Ahoy Senor has been declared for the race we weren't sure where he was going to go or what he was going to do but he runs here and he's 16s currently then you've got Royal Pagai for Venetia again Frodon the third runner in the race for Paul Nichols and then a couple of horses at bigger prices El Dorado Allen and Miller's Bank 25s and 50s um, where to even start here we'll start with you Kev back to the excited one there we go um, <laughs> This lad, Brave Man's Game, like I say, he's been up at the top of the market for this race for months. He did nothing to really put you off, I didn't think, at Weatherby, given that it was a prep run for this. And for me, this is his Gold Cup. This is it for him. This is the target, has been for literally years, and that's not an overstatement. And the more I think about it, the more I like him for the race. I know it's unoriginal. He doesn't have a strong yeah. opinion, Vanessa. He just wanted your permission to go to the toilet. Oh, can I gone Oh, I forgot I'm the only Irish one. Anyway, that's the Irish for can I please go to the toilet, which we all we all learn yeah. as children. Yeah, yeah. I, I wasn't very good at Irish, but anyway. Um, yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, look, if I had to go with one on the front end of the market. Vanessa, it would be Brave Man's Game. Um, have always had a soft spot for him. Um, the, the best jumper of a fence you, you'll see. Yeah. You'll have to travel a long way to find a better one. And um, particularly, particularly, you know, in, in a staying chase, you know, he's just he's just deadly. He's efficient, you know, long, short, whatever. He 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 he's very good. And look, bar one day at Aintree, he's been he's been excellent over fences. Um, that day at Aintree was disappointing. He missed Cheltenham very, very late um, last year. Went to Aintree fresh, seemingly, but uh, but ran like a tired horse and, and didn't do his thing at all. Um, his comeback at Weatherby was good. Like we, we talked about at the time, you know, we were framing everything and kind of in in the in the context of well, if Alaho turns up in the King George, you know, will this form be good enough? And, and my view at the time was no, but Alaho isn't here. And what we've what we're left with is a really competitive King George. And look, Braveman's game was brilliant around there last year. You know, a little bit like the, the horses, the two horses we spoke about earlier in the novice chase. You know, Braveman's game was just so much sharper than a high senior around here, and and made a pay late on in kind of a speed focused race. And like I say, top of the market, he'd be the one. Paul, you can be sure, will have every single screw turned. But he's not my selection in the race, Vanessa. And I'm actually going to do something a bit mad. You're all going to look at me a small bit funny because this would seem to be a massive contradiction and, and a sign of some sort of mental illness. But I'm going with Ahoy Senor um, oh. at, 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 a, at a giant price. Having having spent the last few weeks uh, suggesting that he should go back hurdling, 
Um, yeah. which, which, the, uh, a view which was rooted in the thought that he would have a much better chance in a stairs hurdle than a gold cup and, and I would certainly stick with that but I've come around to this this morning Vanessa I've been doing all the videos again and I've been having a really close look at him and I think I just it's the price look if he was 10 to 1 8 to 1 I wouldn't look at him twice probably but he, he he's 25 to 1 in places he'll be a huge price on, on the Betfair exchange win and place and like he's beaten long press he's beaten Braveman's game like we know he's up to this sort of class when things go right and I've watched back his, his last bunch of runs over fences and Aintree like sure enough he, he jumped the first like, like an upside down letterbox at Aintree uh, and then made a Hames in the second um, but after that he was actually all right and you go back and you look at him at Kempton last year and, and in the main he was grand and like the, the main thing about Aintree for me was he was just consistently jumping out to his right, which is something he's done in nearly all his starts over fences. But he's only had two goals right-handed, you know, and one of those was that day at Kempton when Braveman's game outspeeded him. You know, I don't think Derek Fox went fast enough and he played into Braveman's game's hands. And like ultimately, despite all that went wrong at Aintree, like he still probably ran a career best last time. And it's just one of those. I hope Derek just kind of lets him go. He reminds me of Champ a bit. I don't think he's got a very good brain mm. for, for working things out when he's asked to shorten up. I think you just have to let him flow and let him have a go. And he's actually not a bad jumper in, in, in those circumstances. There's plenty of pace here. He doesn't have to make the run and just let him flow on. And I, look, I, I really truly could see him certainly hitting the frame. Look, I know it'll raise eyebrows if he wins, but it won't be from out of the blue. Like I say, he's beaten a bunch of these already and the market has just been incredibly dismissive of him. Um, and, and like purely from a price point of view, I have to put him up. And I, I genuinely wouldn't be surprised if... It, look, now, he could jump... He could skew out over the first two and it's game over very quickly, Vanessa. You have to you have to take put that in your pipe and be ready to smoke it if that's what happens. But um, I could see him running the big one if he gets into a rhythm. Yeah, look, I think plenty of people are in agreement with you that his price is certainly wrong anyway, given his old form, if he can get into that rhythm back around Kempton. He's currently 16 to 1 on the sports book with Betfair. Um, Dan, over to you for this race. We've got a price actually, actually. Now I'll wait for TC for that, for the one, two, and one, two, three for Paul Nichols. But um, who are you siding with here, Dan? Um, I would have more conviction behind this early in the week before the declaration of cheek pieces, but I think the rag of the field is overpriced in terms of ability oh. and and form, really, at Miller's Bank. Um, I never really like a combo of trying at three miles, having raced around two and a half, and the pieces going on. I can see why they put cheek pieces on, because he sort of started racing a bit more lazily. Keelan was sort of shaking him up from a fair way out at Huntingdon, but the, th the only thing he's done, uh, and in a departure from what I viewed him as previously on his two starts this season, the day I was at Carlisle against Beauport, where he was getting, he was giving £12 to a very smart winner who I just think bounced next time. And he closed all the way to the line. That was soft ground at Carlisle. And he did similar at Huntingdon in a race won by Pickdaw. He was absolutely in his element winging round a sharp track at two and a half miles. And it's a trip angle to some extent, and I like backing horses each way at big prices when I don't think they're going to have anything to do with the early lead and can pick up pieces for a place, and I think he's he's a candidate for that. I, I mean, there there are four or five horses I'd have him shorter than for place purposes, um, and 
that's one of the angles for me to why he's he shouldn't be as massive a price as he is. Okay, I wasn't expecting either of those two <laughs> from Kevin Blake or Dan Barber. Miller's Bank at 50 to 1 on the sports book. And I should just say the 1 2 for Paul Nichols is priced up at 4 to 1, and the 1 2 3 with his three runners is priced up at 18 to 1. Um, TC. Is that in any order as well? Yeah, I any so. order. Yeah. Uh, TC, bring some sense back onto this podcast, please. Oh, <laughs> oh no, I, well, I, I, <laughs> no sense here. I fully concur with Dan about Miller's Bank. I, I ticked him up at uh, 50s each way. That's his current price, anti-post. And yeah, for all the reasons Dan said, uh, okay. I, I just think he's overpriced. The first time cheap is his angle. When I first looked, he was uh, I was a bit underwhelmed by Alex Howes' um, record of one from 13 with the first time cheap pieces. But if you have a, de- a deeper delve into it, he's had five horses, first time cheap pieces, finish second, including one at 20 to one. And he's had one at finish third at 50s. So his overall record, uh, you know, digging down from the win percentage, is actually very encouraging uh, from, from the first time cheap pieces of Miller's Bank. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't put anybody off at 50s. The problem with him and and my other selection, Hitman, who's drifted out to about 9.4 on the exchange, Ooh. is that the combination of soft ground and free miles over a trip that they're not proven over could well be their undoing. But um, I've been with Hitman ever since, and even a, t- a touch before his Haydock win uh, in the soft ground over two mile five <coughs> last time. And I'm staying loyal to him. I just think he's got an ideal kind of like shape for this race. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, pace to finish second in at Tingle Creek. Uh, unexposed over three miles. Uh, the ground's going to be no problem. And everyone just thinks he's a bit of a soft touch. But, uh, you know, I, as I said in, in in my column on betting.bf, I think his biggest weakness could well be his biggest strength, i.e. the biggest weakness being the stamina. But if he does improve for it, he's the youngest horse in the race. I can see him running a massive race here. And, um, yeah, uh, I think the drifting price uh, is is a bonus. Uh, eight to one plus win only on exchange. And Miller's Bank each way at 50s at the current price is, is the way I play it. I do, think the, I do think the rain or the lack of rain on Christmas Day will shape the market. I think if they do get the majority of that 19 mil, I think Long Presse is going to probably go for six to four charge. <clears throat> and I think you'll probably get three to one plus Brayman's game. Um, can't have Envoy Allen. Um, on, on the long press thing, I'm going to save on him. I just yeah. think he's the one horse who's got the potential to blow the race apart. Uh, I mean, the, the nine to four with the sports book this morning went. I think he's still 3.2 on the exchange. You know, like I said, I can see it being a near six to four. I just look at the film. I don't really fancy that many. I mean, the, the obvious shortener, if they do get that rain, other than the favourite, is Royal Pagai. Mm. <laughs> but is he going to be cherry cherry ripe after missing the Betfair chase? But um, he's the one that's shortened up about four points on the exchange on Friday morning. He's now into about seven, 17.5. If they get, like I said, if they get a lot of rain on Christmas Day, he could he could be looking at a 10 to 1 shot if you fancy Warper guy. But uh, And on ratings, he's <coughs> he's not that far off as he won 6 3. So a fascinating race. I don't, I'm against Brave Man's game, Envoy Alan. I might just lay place late Envoy Alan as well. So. The long press thing's interesting. Just a final point on him that 
I sort of had the same reservations, remembering how badly lefty jumped one day at Exeter, even going right-handed. And one day at Ascot as well, when he won earlier in the season. But I watched the Sandown race back that he won as a novice. And I know for a portion of the back straight, he does have a loose horse on his outside, so he can't really go left. But he isn't actually that bad. And perhaps he's just improving on that score. But obviously his engine's not in any question. His, His form will be getting tested elsewhere on the day as we lead into the Weatherby race because Into Overdrive goes for that. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Well, let's head up to Weatherby for the 135. This is the Roland Merrick Handicap Chase. It's the only race from Weatherby that ITV are showing over the three miles. Shamblu back to a course and distance he's won at before, but also broken hearts at before, it's fair to say. He's 15 to 8 up at the top of the market, making his seasonal reappearance. One, yeah, more than that, off 260 days off the track. Into overdrive, as Dan has touched upon, has the form from last time out with Lahon Press at 6 to 1. Sounds Russian. Chased home Noble Yates when we last saw him at sixes as well. Um, this is a real cracker of a race, Dan. So we'll come to you first about it. Chantry House in their next best at sevens as well. And I write two at eights. Um, yeah, just the belter of a roll America. Mm. I'm so pleased they've got a good turnout. Oh, best I probably the best I can recall. Yeah. And that's even without a high seniori was mooted as a possible for it. Um last year's was just a complete plod fest, if you remember. They were <laughs> They wouldn't have beaten me through that final furlong. It was good boy Bobby Lord de Menil and Topville Ben. Oh, sort of, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, a lot of walking backwards on the running, <laughs> and the one who walked backward most slowly ended up hitting the line first. That was good boy Bobby. Um, it is a quality race full of depth, and I'm I'm loath to say I think the fifteen to eight five in a very competitive race is the right price and possibly too big. I'm sort of heading that way with Shan Blue because I just can't get out of my head what he would have done the last time he went to Weatherby. He would have absolutely thrashed them. He might be, in bare form terms, he could have been running to 165, 170 that day in the Charlie Hall when he was about to win it by so far. And they're just the the wily skeletons. They they would have had loads of options and they've they've gone for the place, the track at which... He ran what would have been a clear career best. He didn't exactly disgrace himself at Aintree at the back end, but I think this is a classic skeleton, not one of those that might have a run into in to get him set up for a, a later target, one that he's going to be absolutely off for its life, cup final territory, and I think he's an extremely hard favourite to knock, and I quite like the jockey booking as well. Well, I'm going to go straight over to Tony Calvin, who was looking disgusted when you said <laughs> so take it away, TC. Come on, be the yeah, look, balance here. We can all see that Charlie Hall run, but he would literally be the last horse I'd back in the race at 15 to 8. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would back at anything else at 15 to 8. As <laughs> I said, I mean, you can make a case for a Lowe's in this race. Yeah, yes, he's well handicapped on that run, but it's not as if he's coming here straight on the back of that unfortunate mishap and no he did have his troubles afterwards clearly um no i i couldn't have him on my mind at 15 to 8 um I, like i say it's 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 been a weird old market um i expected him to be at least twice the price and um yeah i mean the one i looked uh and the one i tipped and backed and it's still 11s for this sports book which i think is very fair they're offering an extra place here for all places as well so I think Fanny and Destreval is really, really interesting. If you're looking for rock solid Group One form, a uh, Grade One form, um, he provides it. 
You'll see third in that uh, Betfair Ascot chase over two mile five. Um, now that makes him look well handicapped on mark of 159. Now he went for the uh, Coral Gold Cup first time out over a mile three mile two. That's the longest he's ever been over. Um, and he ran an absolutely shocker of a race. I thought he was going to be pulled up after about two fences, if you remember that. So, you know, I was half expecting some headgear, but then I went back and had a look at the start, and that could have been the, the contributing factor in running an absolute stinker early on in the race. Anyway, we'll come on to his his actual finish position in a moment. And, uh, as Kevin will remember, that, that start was an absolute farce at Newbury. Um, there was shenanigans left, right and centre and they had to do a walk-in eventually. And Lucy Turner found herself at the back on the wide outside and she forfeited so much ground and the horse was pretty much disinterested early on in the race. And uh, I and he went back and had a look at the video and the horse did remarkably well to finish seventh, beating, I think, 19 and a half lengths. And I don't think that's any indication of, of, of how well uh, the horse actually ran in the circumstances. Dropped a pound for that. Lucy Turner's back on, back on again. Um, three miles, I think, you know, if you look at the Ascot run, I think the step up to three miles is really going to suit here. But yeah, I think of 159, the ground's going to be, it's good and soft at the moment. It's raining all day at Weatherby, so I think it's going to be near a soft, which would be absolutely fine. The Ascot run came in soft. Um, yeah, I, I think there's I think there's some untapped potential there. Um, off a mark 159, got the back grade one form. Yeah, and like I said, it's I just thought 11 to 1 was was very, very fair. So it's a tight race, but that's where we're getting extra play. So 11s each way, Fanny and Destorel for me. Okay, one for the Venetia Williams team. Kevin, over to you for the last of the English action. Um, yeah, I was favoring Sounds Russian um oh. for Ruth Jefferson. Um, like he's been brilliant. Like he's now he started off from a low base, but he's improved like literally 50 pounds there in the last year or so. And his when he stepped out of handicap company into the, the many clouds, like I don't think the way the race was run particularly suited him, but you could kind of spy him out of the corner of your eye there, finishing off quite well. And I'd say getting back into a race like this, you know, bigger field handicap, bit more pace in the race. Will, will definitely suit. And I, I just wouldn't be surprised if he was up to defying that mark. Like if he, if he was trained by some by some fancier connections, I think he'd be a bit shorter in the market because like his profile is is very progressive. Like he stepped forward for every start, basically over fences. And um, I, I thought there was enough promise in that most recent run to suggest he can he can go forward again. Uh, look, super competitive race, but I thought he, he was fair at around the kind of six to one mark. Yeah, sixth one in the sports book as things stand for Sounds Russian and the Ruth Jefferson team. Um, before we go, just a quick mention for Ireland. Uh, I don't know if any of you have any major selections, but obviously on St. Stephen's Day, the two big races up at Leopardstown anyway are the Night Frank Juvenile and the Racing Post Novices Chase over the two miles one. Um, Kev, just a quick mention for these two races. Phil Dorr, the juvenile from last year that's now gone chasing. We were all waiting for him to jump a fence. And my goodness, he did it so well when we last saw him. And he's four to five at the top of this racing post chase, novices chase market um, to beat his stable mate Hollow Games. That's next best at five to two. And Sam Roy in there at four to one, too. Uh, there's a lot of confidence behind this Phil Dorr. Yeah, um, I, I really like him, Vanessa. Loved that chasing debut. Um, loved the way he jumps. You know, very clever, neat. Um, like for him to beat um, Sam Wah, 
as, as well as he did. You know, he, he's a very good horse himself. Like he wasn't far off champion hurdle standard and, and Phil Dore whacked him, you know, getting an idling and, and beat him really well. Um, rematch here, like I, I wouldn't have any doubt there that Phil Dore will, will beat him again. Hollow Games is, is a smart horse in his own right. And he was particularly impressive in his chasing debut. But um, I think there, there seems to be like a widespread assumption that, that Phil Dore is only waiting to go up and trip. Um, like I'm not so, so sure. I think he's an Arkle horse. And um, I think he might well win this well and perhaps emerge as one of the leading rivals, if not the leading rival, to Jamba. Can I have an, an Irish line, if possible, please? Go on, Dan. Sounds yeah. like a dance, doesn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's not quite the angle it was earlier in the week when Energamine was still in there and priced up at evens, and they went 11 to Vorshak and Poursoir. But oh. I see they're betting now on the 27th in that two-mile grade one. They basically can't split Shack and Poursoir and Blue Lord. I just think Shack and Poursoir is a different calibre of animal to Blue Lord. Um, he, he didn't. He gave Energamine something of a race last season. His only blowouts have tended to be when he's come over to Britain. Blue Lord just seems to represent sort of slightly second-class top novice form from last season. Edward Stone just kept kicking him out, kicked him out of the way. Um, so, yeah, I didn't think last year's novices by Edward Stone were much of a crop, and I just think Jacques and Poursoir, 10 admittedly, will just batter them into submission it almost feels like a farewell almost like a, something of a farewell swan song type thing taking ergamine out the young pretender and give shakan another moment of glory yeah absolutely so shakan at the wrong price on the 27th it's not, it's not in ireland but away from the itv cameras have a look at away the lad in the first at kempton on boxing day okay. um price up at 12s with a sports book i thought it's quite it could be quite a hot race but the horse is getting a lot of weight from uh, the winners in, in in the contest, and I think the step back in trip from from two mile four and the two mile three that he's been running over, uh, and I think it was a decent race at Ascot last time. I think will be very much in his favour. So I thought maybe a way the lad each way at twelves uh, in the opener at Kempton if you want to try and kickstart your Boxing Day punting. Okay, look at that. Just without even asking, we've given the listeners some real little extras some brucey bonuses there uh it's naps time guys and we'll head over to tc first and foremost seeing as he is storming away with the nats table after i gave him a kick in the ribs after his display on the flat now over jumps <laughs> tc has taken it away entirely it's profit in the end i think it took the yeah, last yeah. it took, it took right. the last day after a season of woe but um yeah i mean the biggest bet i've had since the decks uh is actually not so sleepy but I'm a contrary soul. Everybody's slagging off Hitman's price, uh, but he is now drifting on on Betfair, and we do sell at Betfair SP. So my nap is Hitman in the King George. Okay, well I'm taking you on with Brave Man's game, please. Um... <laughs> go on, Kev. Go on, three way go. Ahoy, senor! Oh, <laughs> settle the naps comp right That was away. one of your first shows, wasn't it, Vanessa? Calling him Ahoy, Ahoy sailor. sailor. Ahoy, sailor. I think it probably was. Yeah, yeah. Ahoy, sailor. Love that. Go on, Dan. Oh, I want to uh, shout. I don't think Shakan will be anywhere near thirteen to eight. I think he'll be near even money. So I'm going to stick to the ITV race we've covered. I'm going to go with. I think Paisley Park is the best value at three to one in the long walk. 
Okay. Uh, so before we finish up there, just I want to reveal why I was so I was so giddy early on because when you made reference to your lost sausages, <laughs> it, something came back into my mind that's worth chasing up on the old interweb there on the on the Irish news last night, right? Conor McGregor is involved in a defamation case at the minute, and the, the newsreader, 100 percent serious, read out the accusations of what Conor McGregor called this fella. And she did so like in the, in the dead serious <laughs> newsreader voice. He called him a waffler, a blouse, a turncoat, a snake, and said he looks like an uncooked sausage. I've been giggling at that ever since. The things you just never hear on the news. I've just Googled lost sausages and I think I've got the police turning up now. (laughs) Well, look, in all seriousness, (laughs) if anyone does find my lost uncooked sausages, please please get in contact. It's a plea. I'm going to take 101 the dog, funny enough. I've got two dogs now, TC, and I've asked both of them. They both said no, okay? So that's that. Uh, Look, guys, that wraps up the show. (laughs) Listeners, as always, thank you so much for tuning in week in, week out. Don't forget the offer with Betfair on Boxing Day. Since Stephen's Day, a completely free £2 multiple or bet builder on any sports this Boxing Day. So do get stuck into that. Check out the show's description for the T's and C's. And without further ado, do have a very Merry Christmas. Eat plenty, get drunk, and bet responsibly. Merry Christmas, everyone. Book your sausages. <laughs> <laughs>